and welcome in to another episode of Maroon and Bold. I'm your sports editor and your host, Austin Chastain, alongside in the Zoom call with staff reporter Christian Boer. Christian, how are things going for you, man? Um, I know <laughs> we're closing on, on the end of the semester, but we still got some football to talk about. But in terms of uh, everything else, how are things going for you? I mean, things are going well, man. Um I'm really looking forward to to this week's game. And last week was so much fun being able to get back in the, you know, into the the press box and watching the football game for the first time. What felt like forever. I mean, technically it was, but yeah, it was really good to get back out there. And as far as school going, just going with the flow, man. Coming up on finals, I'll be ready for them. But yeah, it's things are going pretty well, man. How about yourself? You know, I I, I would sit here and complain, but. Eh, no, no one's gonna listen, right? Um, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, everything's great. Um, like Christian said, you know, we're closing in on the end of the semester, but it was just, it was great to get back in, get back into the swing of things in terms of sports coverage at, at Central Michigan Life, and getting back into the press box at Kelly Short Stadium um, was actually a pretty fun experience. It was a uh, a little different because we had to go through some screening processes. Um, but actually getting back into it, getting um, just walking up, walking up the stairs. I, I walked up the stairs and I didn't take the elevator. Probably should have taken the elevator, but um, just walking back in there, it felt, you know, it felt, uh, I don't want to say it felt like home, but it felt like, uh, you know, felt good. I'll, I'll just say that. It just felt good. Yes, sir. And I know for a lot of Central Michigan fans, Wednesday night was uh, a roller coaster, but in the end, it felt good for them with a 38 or 30 to 27 win over the Ohio Bobcats. And that game had a little bit of everything in it. I mean, and, and we talked about it on, on, on Facebook, well, Facebook video um, before, during and after the game on our on our Facebook page. There was some. Of some flashes of offensive greatness from both teams, some flashes of defensive greatness for both teams, struggles on both sides of the ball for both teams, and there was a power outage. <laughs> there was just it had everything. It had everything, and and then some, I guess. Um, Christian, what uh, what were just your first overall thoughts from from Wednesday night? Yeah, I think there was a lot. Uh, for Central Michigan to be happy with on both sides of the ball, especially um, uh, offensively with, uh, I guess, both the, uh, the offensive and defensive lines really both played well, in my opinion. Daniel Richardson didn't get sacked, and Kobe Lewis ran wild there. I mean, he wasn't necessarily breaking any 20, 30-yard runs, but it was five yards, six yards every time. And with a n- relatively new offensive line, I think that's something that you can hang your hat on. And then defensively, boy – Troy Harrison looks like an absolute beast. Um, Amir Sadiq on the other side. Laquan Johnson left the game. Sounds like might not be a very good situation for him. We'll pro- we'll get the official news from McElwain tomorrow. But, you know, it, it didn't look good when he was coming off. And I'm not going to sit here and speculate about it, but I would assume that the Chippewas are probably preparing for life without Laquan Johnson. Um, and in which case, at least they're two starters – uh, Sadiq and Harrison both were played pretty fine. I also thought Justin Whiteside was pretty good on Wednesday night as well. Secondary was a little iffy, uh, but they made plays when they needed to. I think that 
you know, that trio of Edwards, Bones, McNary will just get better playing together with time because they're all pretty good athletes. It's just a matter of getting in sync with, with each other. And um, as far as the linebackers go, can't complain about anything like that. Troy Brown was Troy Brown forced to fumble, had the game ending pass breakup. And then offensively, I mean, I thought Daniel Richardson's first half was as good as you could possibly imagine with how well he was handling himself, throwing the ball around. I think things got shaky a little bit in the second half. Um, and he didn't really get a chance to redeem himself in the fourth because the Chippewas went to the, you know, the ground and pound game later on. And so he didn't really get the chance to throw it around that much. But um, on the outside, he kind of he kind of spread the ball around. So there was no one receiver that had a had a super special game. Obviously, Khalil Pimpleton was Khalil Pimpleton. They got the ball in his hands a handful of times. Um, Ja'Cory Sullivan had a couple of nice catches. And Dallas Dixon was impressive, too. Uh, the first game he played in a Chippewa uniform, I think he played pretty well as well. And I think that's a name worth keeping tabs on as we get into a game next week and even later on. Yeah, just some just some quick stats uh, on some of the guys that uh, Christian had mentioned. Uh, Daniel Richardson, 23 of 41 passing, 243 yards and a touchdown, the 50-yarder to Kalu Pimpleton um, in the first quarter, late first quarter that uh, I guess really signified that this game was going to be a slugfest, was going to be a shootout, and in fact it was. Uh, Kobe Lewis had 28 carries, 112 yards, two touchdowns. Um, George Douglas actually was the leading tackler with nine, nine stops. Troy Harrison had three sacks, like Christian talked about. Um, and one thing um, Christian has, has asked McElwain about a couple of times and talked about in the um, in our pregame in our pregame video um, on Facebook that the special teams actually played a significant role in uh, in Wednesday's game. Luke Elzinga, his his first well first start first game as the Chippewa punter. Hit five punts, averaged forty-seven point two yards, and his first two punts were a polar opposite of one another. They were kind of uh, the first one was an absolute bomb. I think it was like seventy-six yards or something stupid like that. And then his very next punt came out, and he I think he hit it like thirty-five yards or something like that. And it was a perfect punt. I mean, it knocked it knocked it within the ten-yard line. And then Marshall Meter, also his first game in a triple Y uniform, hit the game-winning kick with 9 well, I guess, go-ahead kick, game-winning kick, whatever you want to call it, with, with 9.05 to go, hit the 22-yarder. Um, just, you know, looking at, that, at, at, at this game, kind of looking back at the stats, I mean, yeah, you can look pass, rush, whatever. I mean, the Chippewas outgained Ohio 427 to 345. But the the big one that I'm looking at is zero turnovers for CMU against Ohio's two turnovers. Um, I think they were both fumbles, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that I think was the and we you know we talked about it um, pregame. The winner of the game was going to win the battle of the trenches, the battle of the trenches that we always talk about. That kind of cliche. Um, but they were also going, the winner was also going to win the turnover battle, and Central Michigan won the turnover battle and won by three. Is that something? I mean, obviously you're going to have turnovers at at happens in football, but 
CMU really putting an emphasis on ball control and like I just said, taking care of the football is that that's obviously something that's a dream, but it's something I think we're going to start seeing an even more emphasis as we keep going. What do you think, Christian? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think the game plan that we saw Wednesday night is going to be the same one for as long as at least Daniel Richardson's out there. Um, Obviously Daniel has a really good arm and he's going to take his fair share of shots down the field, but he was pretty much money in the short game, hitting his check downs and letting his guys make plays. I think Lou Nichols and Kobe Lewis both had a, a pretty impressive game in terms of catching that short pass and moving around out of the backfield. So, uh, you know, there isn't really no need to throw the ball 50, 60 yards. If you've got guys who can make plays five yards out of the backfield. And I think that's something we're going to see. And those are really easy throws. They limit turnovers. You know, they limit the chance at interceptions. I think Richardson probably knows he should have had a couple of balls picked off on Wednesday night, but Hey, the way the ball bounces, you can't really complain about that. So he, you know, and now, he knows what he's got to do, and honestly, I don't think he played that bad, like I said before. So the turnover thing, you know, as long as they stick that game plan and continue to execute, there's really no need to continue taking those huge, deep risks down the field every three plays, and that just makes it easier on a young quarterback, and that makes it easier on a young offensive line. So I, I look for them to keep, you know, a lot of those quick throws in the back – or, yeah, out of the backfield in the game plan and, and kind of move from there. I think that Wednesday's performance – in terms of ball control and turnover, like you said, went about as well as it possibly could have. And so that's some good momentum to take into your first West Division clash Wednesday night. Yeah, and we'll 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 get to that. We'll get to the the Northern Illinois game in here in just a second. But um one thing I wanted to touch on before we do that, um uh, <laughs> I actually had a conversation with with CMU President Bob Davies. Uh, yesterday on Saturday, um, and he, you know, he 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 liked the Wildcat. He thought it was a it was a. Um, I don't think he. I, I forget exactly how he put it, but um, he was really interested to see see how that dynamic worked and just see how that continues to evolve. Um, but it definitely would need to involve because or evolve, excuse me, because from what we saw. It looked like they only had they only called about two different plays, maybe within that that Wildcat set with with Kobe Lewis taking the snap, and it looked like they just they were just motion Pimpleton in front of Lewis. It's a just a simple read option, and usually Lewis would just keep it and and take the ball up the right side for you know three four yard gain until it became predictable, and then it was shut it down. How do you think? How do you, how do you think that the that wildcat package can improve as as we? I mean, there's only five games left, theoretically speaking, or technically speaking. There's only five games left. How do you how do you think they can improve that that wildcat package? Well, they're going to have to make it two dimensional. You're going to have to get guys who can throw the football back there. I think Kobe Lewis would be fine in the short game. I think Khalil Pimpleton, being a high school quarterback, has got a little little bit of an arm on him and I think that would add another element uh, but I think you're absolutely right you can't just run power counter and jet sweep out of that like they did on Wednesday night and if you're going to keep running it as much as they did I mean if you're going to come in and just run it twice a game or so then then I guess that kind of makes sense but if you're going to run it 12 13 times like they did on Wednesday 
you're going to have to have some sort of element of surprise. I will say that in the first quarter they did try – well, I, I can't speak for certain, but it did look as though they were setting up a reverse because you had Dallas Dixon coming back uh, behind the line of scrimmage with Khalil Pimpleton running towards him, and it kind of got blown up. And so you didn't really get to see whether or not that was actually going to be a reverse or if they were just showing that look. So I think that's something we'll see in the future, maybe even as soon as Wednesday night. And, you know, really just you got to diversify the playbook if you're going to run that package 12, 13 times a game like they did Wednesday night. I don't know if we'll see it that much in the coming games, simply because I think part of that was to get Richardson and allow him to be comfortable. But honestly, you know, and, and Jim McElwain said it, I don't think you need to really switch up the playbook with, with Richardson. He looks more than capable of running the offense and looked comfortable out there Wednesday night. So why not just roll with him? And, you know, the Wildcat, I think they did get a little too confident with it at the end, especially on that last fourth down. Um, I really don't like the decision to take your quarterback off the field on fourth down just because it makes it so much easier to read what you're going to do. And uh, we'll see if we get the, the Wildcat double-digit times like we do or like we did on Wednesday night in the, in the coming future. But, you know, you got if you're going to do it, you got to diversify the playbook. Right, exactly. And, and you know, I, I think it was just kind of a good, you know, base like, oh, hey, okay, we know how to run it. This is what you want to do with it. Um, then I think you can expand upon it. I mean, you can have Khalil Pimpleton back there, and he can throw some passes. I mean, he was a pretty good quarterback at Muskegon High. Um, I mean, you, you you can do any you can do pretty much anything with with that with that Wildcat set. So it it will be interesting to see if they if they continue to go to it. Um, and one one thing that we talked about a lot on here that we didn't see is we didn't see Ty Brock once. Um, it was either Richardson or they went to the, to the wildcat set. And like Christian said in the fourth quarter, I mean, they pretty much just kept it on the ground the entire way. Um, and that's where, that's where Lewis and, and Lou Nichols actually picked up a lot of their yardage was in that fourth quarter. Um, so anyway, I mean, it, like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you, you got if you're if you're a CMU fan, you, you really gotta like how how they were able to how they I mean, you don't like that they fell behind. Um I right at coming in at the start of the third quarter, because it had that weird um instance with the power outage that triggered an early halftime. Then Ohio came back out and scored and then returned the opening kick of the third quarter back for a touchdown. You don't love to see Ohio score 14 points in the matter of a minute and a half um, of game, I guess. But you do have to like the way that CMU responded. Because, I mean, CMU took the ball, marched right back down the field, and scored with Kobe Lewis to tie the game up. And then just about a minute – or just – wow, excuse me. Um, and then turn around in the fourth quarter, Marshall Meter hits, hits the hits field goal – and CMU takes the lead. Troy Brown makes that huge stop on on that fourth or on that fourth down play to break the pass up. The game's over. So I think at the end of the day, you got to like what what you saw out of CMU on both sides of the ball. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a complete four quarter performance, um, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a, it wasn't like how it was last year. You know, where oh they fall apart in one of the halves and that's that. I think I think you saw a lot of maturity out of this team too, and that's something that that you got to keep an eye out for um, as CMU looks to defend its mat 
MAC West division title. And CMU will begin that MAC West title defense Wednesday night against Northern Illinois. Christian, um, I'm not sure if you've been able to uh, take a peek at Northern Illinois yet, but what is there to know about the Huskies? And how do you think the Chippewas are going to be able to go down to DeKalb and take care of business? Well, uh, Northern Illinois is going to look a little different than they did last year just because their number one running back transferred out. He was well, he was a really good player. And now they've kind of been at, you know, they've been struggling on the ground. Uh, their leading rusher was Whaley. Uh, gosh, what's his first name? Harrison Whaley. He's 30 carries, 66 yards. Um, really, that's that's about it. Another guy carried the ball 16 times, 49 yards. And so they they did put up 150 yards on the ground, but it took them 47 attempts, and that's only about three yards of carry. So as far as the running game goes, Chippewas are just going to need to bring what they brought last week. Uh, I know they had some trouble with Demontre Tuggle of Ohio, but, you know, they just shore up the tackling, and they should be all right on the, at least on the running game. And then quarterback Ross Bowers is back for the Huskies, and, you know, only 203 yards through the year. Two other quarterbacks did play, but that was in garbage time, and I don't really – expect to see much out of out of those guys but you know northern illinois offensively did hang 30 points on buffalo but if you go back and look at the statistics it wasn't a real great effort um, you know you got some playmakers on on the outside do the huskies um tyrese ritchie is their leading receiver it was their leading receiver he had 106 yards on nine catches last week against buffalo so the secondary is going to get a workout Maybe not the best quarterback in the MAC, but certainly some good athletes that he can throw it to. So they're going to have to be able to lock it down, and um, it should be a good game. You know, you can't discount home field advantage even if there's no fans because it's a little bit of a hike to Northern Illinois. But um, it should be really interesting to see how both teams bring it Wednesday night, another nationally televised game, and you know, just seeing the two squads go at it. The Chippewas on paper uh, should be pretty comfortable with where they're at, but you know, that's why you played the football game. Exactly. I believe ESPN2, is that right? 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's a 7 o'clock kick in DeKalb, but they're an hour behind us. So um, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2, kickoff for that one. Looking back at last year's matchup, Central Michigan absolutely dominated Northern Illinois last year, and there's no question about it. I mean, it was a 48-10 win for the Chippewas. Quentin Dormady threw was what 18 of 24, 288 yards and three touchdowns. Conversely, like Christian had mentioned, Ross Bowers, 18 of 29, 221 yards and a touchdown, but he threw three picks as Northern Illinois went on to turn the ball over four times. And going back to what I had mentioned before, Central Michigan did not turn the ball over in that game. And really, I mean, th- that, that game was just, I mean, it, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad for Northern Illinois. Um, but I know that they were struggling trying to figure out who was going to actually start their start at quarterback for them. And when you're having a quarterback battle in November, yeah, it's and well, not in 2020, but in, in the 2019 season, that's kind of sus, actually. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I think the, the Central Michigan secondary – is, is going to have to lock it down and improve drastically because Northern Illinois can throw the ball. I mean, Bowers is not an incompetent quarterback. He, he, he can sling the ball. 
and they proved that against Buffalo, the media pick to win the conference uh, last what last Wednesday. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where I was going with that, but the the secondary definitely needs to improve. And offensively, you just you can't have a lull, kind of like you kind of like they did in, in the second quarter, end of the second quarter, kind of beginning of the third. It, like having a lull in this particular game, I think is going to end up costing CMU. I mean, yeah, you don't want a lull in any game, but they were able to get away with it against Ohio. But I don't think that they would be able to get away with it against Northern Illinois. Not that Northern Illinois is, you know, the the greatest team in the conference or the best team in the conference. I definitely don't think so. But against against your your division opponents on the road, even without fans, like Christian said, you still can't have lapses of not incompetence, but just – You, you just <laughs> offense has to move the ball and defense has to stop it. That's the name of the game. And CMU showed that a lot against Ohio. So if they can, if they can play the, if they can play against Northern Illinois for the majority about for the majority of how they played against Ohio, they're in business. Yeah. I I agree 100%. You know, defensively, you got to kind of stop the run a little bit better, and you got to, the secondary needs to be significantly better. I think that you lock up both of those areas, and you should be able to win this thing in a cakewalk. However, the offense still has to produce. Um, you're, I, I expect them to get Khalil Pimpleton involved a little bit more in the offense, um, moving him around. He was pretty absent in this. I don't think he had a catch in the second half. And, you know, it was a it was a tight game, so you can't say they didn't really need him, but they were able to have some success on the ground. And if Northern Illinois stops the run, uh, it'll get interesting really fast because that'll test Daniel Richardson. And he still threw the ball 43 times or, uh, gosh, 41 times, something like that on Wednesday night. And, I mean, you could say that – but not a lot of those were challenge throws. A lot of them came toward the end of the, the first half where he kind of had to – sling it around a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see if, if this Chippewa offense gets kind of stagnant early on, how do they respond? Charlie Fry is establishing himself as one of the better play callers in the Mac. Um, just with how wide open that offense has been since he's been here. So it'd be interesting to see what he does to get everybody involved. And honestly, Wednesday night should be a really good game. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And, and yeah, and, and some of those throws that Richardson had, that actually ended up being incomplete were kind of easy, easier throws um, in the, in the flat, you know, maybe like Kobe Lewis or, or Lou Nichols. He just overthrew him. I think he was, had just had some jitters. Uh, there was one that he was looking for a deep ball. I think it was probably a Pimpleton and Richardson just kind of double clutched it and overthrew it right over Kobe Lewis's head. And that probably would have been a pretty big gain for him. So just kind of locking down that, that kind of throw, I think is going to be largely helpful for Richardson, but I think also defense is going to start keying in on it with, Oh, he's going to throw it to the guy in the flat. Let's just go cover, cover that guy, you know, and, and screen plays. I mean, they should be able to sniff out a screenplay pretty easily. I mean, 
obviously you can tell a screenplay by the blocking design, but still, you know, there's there's still a chance that defenses might not pick up on it for a couple of weeks. And again, it's, a, you know, six game season and they might not pick up on it right away. They might not pick up on it and you get through the entire schedule being able to run that same play each and every week. I highly doubt it, but you never know what could happen. Huh. All right. I think, I, I don't know what, uh, I don't know if we've got anything else. Are you ready to move on to predictions? All right. Yes, sir. All right. Christian's ready for predictions. Um, Northern Illinois, Central Michigan, in DeKalb, Husky Stadium, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. So it's 8 p.m. here, 7 p.m. kick in Illinois. ESPN 2. Chippewas are 1-0. Northern Illinois is 0-1 after a loss to Buffalo, like Christian had talked about. First thing, give me a key for Central Michigan to win this game on Wednesday night. You got to get your playmakers involved. Uh, Obviously, Kobe Lewis did his thing, but I think they're going to try and get, you know, Pimpleton Sullivan involved a little bit more on Wednesday night. And if they're able to do that, it could be a long night for, for Northern Illinois. I mean, look at what Buffalo did to them with uh, Patterson and, and Kyle Van Treese, who's becoming one of the better quarterbacks in this conference, like day in, day out. So you get your playmakers involved. It might be a landslide. And, and I think they're able to do, you know, get everybody involved pretty well. And for that reason, I'm going to give the Chippewas the lead. I'm going to give them a win. It, it'll be close. I think it'll the Northern Illinois will keep it tight for three quarters. Uh, but Chippewas – They'll just have too much. I think it'll be 38-17 CMU. I like it. Now that I'm thinking of it, I don't think Sullivan caught a ball on Wednesday night against Ohio. He may have caught one. I'm just not remembering, but they did, they did not utilize him at all. If, if it, very, They used, utilized him very little, if at all, against the Bobcats. They're going, they're going to have to use him against Northern Illinois. He's one of the he's one of their best receivers. He's one of the best receivers in the conference, honestly. If you look at it statistically speaking, he and Pimpleton he and Pimpleton are the best one two punch in in the MAC. That said, I think I'm I'm right there with you. I think this game is gonna be pretty tight throughout throughout and I, I, I see it being close throughout in the fourth quarter as well. It's gonna I think it's gonna be another shootout. Um but for some reason, this game is telling me, this matchup is telling me that that I th- I think Ross Bowers is I think he's gonna he's gonna he's he's gonna sling the ball around and play a solid four quarter game, and I think Northern Illinois is gonna take this one. It's gonna be close, um, but I I'm gonna take the Huskies in this one, thirty seven thirty four. I, I for some reason I just think that Bowers is going to be able to exploit that CMU secondary and just have 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 a field day. Now I think Richardson's going to be able to expose NIU's defense as well. He's going to have a field day, but I think Bowers' day is just going to be a little bit better, and that's going to push Northern Illinois to a three point victory on Wednesday night. That said, Christian, you got anything else before we wrap this thing up? 
Oh, sir. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Maroon and Bold. Make sure you follow along with Christian at C Boer underscore and our fellow staff reporter, Mitch Vosberg at re- at real MV Berg. I have that right. Um, the, those two will be down in DeKalb on Wednesday night for, for coverage of Wednesday's game. Uh, like I said before, 8 p.m. on ESPN2, Chippewas and Huskies. And make sure you follow along with Christian and Mitch as I'm sure, I'm sure they'll, they'll have some great conversations on, on, on the drive down. Um, what, what was it, about five and a half hours? Something like that? like that something like that something like that so so it should be should be a fun trip for those guys um make sure you engage with their content follow them other than that guys uh like i said thank you again for tuning in we really appreciate it and i'll plug the socials make sure you follow along with us at cm life on twitter at cm life sports on twitter at central michigan life on facebook and Central Michigan Life on Instagram. Make sure, and also make sure you follow along with all of our podcasts. I think we're up to four, maybe five podcasts now. Um, Theirs are easy to find under the multimedia tab. And always, always, always make sure you follow along with us at cm-life.com for coverage of Chippewa football, Chippewa sports, and everything to do Central Michigan. He's Christian. I'm Austin. We will talk to you guys again when we meet again.